Hello, you are listening to Talking Utter Slot, the Slot Car Podcast. I'm Scott, and this is my co-host, Pedro. If Le Mans was the rave party, then today's edition of the world's favourite slot car podcast is the chill-out after-party, the place where we'd nurse tired eyes and slightly fuzzy heads. So, what did you make of the big race, Pedro? Uh, I loved it. Um, tired eyes, that's you, mate, that's not me, because you were stupid enough to try and watch an awful lot of it on the telly box, whereas I I watched quite a bit, and I watched enough to be excited, particularly uh, the first restart, when they were, I think someone said there were five abreast, I don't believe there were five abreast uh, hypercars down the Molesan straight, but they were certainly, there was five of them duking it out, and I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting, I, I wonder how long this kind of um, madness can uh, can last, and it turned out it was a pretty good event, I think. It's re regurgitated no re, re, what's the word it's re, yeah. oh, re I, I shudder to think uh reignited, it's re, reignited. yes let's how did i get oh there's a g in there that's why regurgitated reignited um it has regurgitated like <laughs> it has i'm gonna stick with it it's regurgitated my interest in them all um which is on the bit of a wane um or a wax can't remember the difference between those two uh but yeah i enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot, actually. I seem to I dipped in quite frequently for an hour or so, and I managed to successfully miss most of the downpours, which is quite the thing a you thing. The thing you if you were lucky, you missed the endless, endless safety car periods. So in the first, uh, I think they did a lap, yeah. and then they had the safety car, and then which must have been twenty or well, half an hour because I think it was yeah. forty minutes in. And then, as you say, the second restart, they had a, it was a bit exciting, and then they had another one. Because they're doing, no, I'm not sure why, they're doing this thing where there's there's always been, not always, for a long time, there's been three safety cars at Le Mans that come out at three different points around the circuit and go back. At, so that you know, the, it's a big circuit, it's eight-odd miles. So the, the field is sort of held up fairly. So they still do that, and then they go through this pantomime where they make all of one class of cars go to one side of the road, and everybody else passes them, and then they do the same in the next class, and they all pass each other, basically to reset almost like it was on the grid, uh, and then they let them go again. I don't. I, it was explained several times in the commentary, and I really do not understand what the benefit of that is. It certainly kills. It was it was annoying me, and I'm very committed, as you said. And if you were a vaguely casual viewer and you tuned in and you got a lap of action. And then forty minutes of slow safety car, that must have killed the the audience. So, but however, uh, it, fortunately the, the the drivers calmed down and stopped throwing themselves at the scenery, um, except when it rained heavily. Uh, so the Sunday was a lot clearer than than Saturday was. I I watched. Uh, I was very excited about this. I've been more excited about this Le Mans than a long time. Been looking forward to it literally for years since the hypercar class. Ferrari coming back, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and it didn't disappoint. It was it was good, and it was close. I mean, I think I said to somebody or everybody, I think other than the last the last hour when they were three minutes apart, first and second, it was less than that for most of the rest of the time. So yeah. the cars were you know a minute apart. So there was always a sense that something was going to happen, and uh, that was that was good. I was frustrated though because. Uh, past loyalties, perhaps, uh, but I think 
you know, Ferrari were clearly had the quickest car, and whether they were going as fast as they needed to do and, and could have gone faster, we'll, we'll never know. Because nobody else was really challenging them. I think Toyota took the fight to them, but they were having to be on the ragged edge to almost keep up with the Ferrari. So uh, it was a bit of a shame from that point of view. But I think this is the whole balance of performance thing. So we'll see what happens uh, once that gets sorted. I think it's interesting that the the Porsches were um, pretty quickly dispensed with. The Peugeot seemed to hang. Oh, actually, oh no, the um, the private uh, the Hertz Porsche hung in for a bit, didn't it? Well, it came from technically last in the category to lead for a bit, and then it mm. had an accident. The Peugeots were leading for a couple of hours. Who saw that coming? Um, so <laughs> in France, on, yeah. On that basis, it was a it was a really interesting and varied race. Um, oh yeah, the lead seemed to change a lot. I didn't get the impression that the Ferrari was head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, otherwise, I, I can't believe that anyone would bag their sand a little and not go flat out. I mean, this is an endurance race. You, Yeah, okay, I'm destroying my own argument. But um, I don't think they were that, that much faster than everyone else. But um, I thought it was really great the way that there was, there was racing. Uh, and some would be in front and for a bit and then somebody, I'd tune out, go and do some life stuff come back and oh the Peugeot's now in front and I'll go away no, and no, come no. back and it's like oh there's a Cadillac threatening and it's like where, where are all these cars coming from brilliant I loved it no, no you got it wrong racing is life remember everything else is just waiting which um, I'm going to flick a V at you very well as you say we are we all think that's from the movie Le Mans and everybody misattributes it to Steve McQueen when actually it was a line in the script but I learned recently that in fact, it comes from a quote from uh, Rudolf Caracciola, uh, way back in the 30s, the, the German Mercedes driver, uh, where he said something vaguely similar. So I'm assuming whoever was writing the script for Le Mans had found a Caracciola quote and slightly adapted it. So while you know, you're never too old to learn, 61 mad keen Le Mans fan finds out that learns something. Learns something. Shock. <laughs> I thought the Glickenhaus was um, uh, quite the. St- I was. I said earlier when we chatted before we started recording that I kind of shout for the little guy, and I know they're not super little because the guy's worth a few bob. But um, I was disappointed that the van wall, um, which I think previously I may have referred to as a BRM, um, <laughs> that's easy confusion theorist. to make. It's yeah. green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was disappointed in that. Um, but then that I think is pretty much the way of the van wall. It's slightly disappointing. The Glickenhaus at some point, because one of them started a bit far back, and then I think you said they finished sixth and seventh in the end. I was I was waiting for them to go pop, sadly, and just quietly expire, and they didn't. They just kept in there. I don't know how many laps they were down. I don't really care too much. They were close enough. Um, I think I they did. That was pretty cool. I thought they I looked think... quite sharp as well. They did their own thing, didn't they? They they, they yeah. plowed round, tried not to get in trouble, and um, you know they did uh, what needed to do to to go. So they, I think I'm I'm scanning the results because this is one of those factoids that I'm going to go. I think both Glickenhaus uh, beat all of the works Peugeots and all of the works Porsches. That's not bad, is it? That if you were on the plane no. back to America, that you're probably going to take that. Now you know. 
clearly those other cars suffered some sort of a hiccup, but you know, the Glickenhaus didn't. So, but did, but, uh, hang on, the I thought the Hertz car suffered a hiccup as well. Didn't that have a, a wee spell in the garage? Well, I mean, they, you know, quite a long, quite a long spell, yeah. But mm. uh, no, so I think you know the the Glickenhaus, as a result, six and seventh at Le Mans against the best. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's good, it's good. The trouble is, I think they, they probably didn't show up on the TV much because there was so much tight action at the front. I think people. I were think they barely showed up. I, well, I wanted to see them, and they barely were there. We we didn't see very much GT three, did we? Because you know, mm. but normally that was where the excitement was in the old <gasps> days. But I can now, correct you. I can correct you. It was GT three. That's GT, next year, GT, as I well learned done. last time out. Yeah, well, GT, I did what see was it? GT E L M P something plus A M. <laughs> the uh, sorry, I'm laughing. That laugh was because of the, another well known uh, Wi Fi password movement. Um, <laughs> that yeah. laugh is because of his laugh and his explanation, and we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, I oh, another laugh, which was <laughs> me laughing at my own laugh. Okay, this is getting too meta. It's getting too meta. Okay. Anyway, um, I know we don't pride ourselves uh, on getting things absolutely correct on this podcast, Hell um, but. No. To- but today will probably be particularly inaccurate because we're both <laughs> we're recording it on Monday morning. So, and I, for one, got four hours sleep over the, the weekend. Well, on Saturday night, anyway, and um, had a bit more last night. Um, and I had some. I don't dream very often these days. I don't know whether it was sleep deprivation or eating too much cheese. Uh, but I had a very, very, very crazy, bizarre dream. So I'm blaming that on lack of sleep, too much cheese, and Le Mans. 24 hours of tension uh, sort of. um so i think it was good and i'm looking for, i'm already looking forward to you know next round and of course next year gets even better because we get bmw lamborghini and someone else i think building um well the, the somebody else you're correct i don't know who they are but i was excited to hear that lambo might be there because i like mm. a lambo cheese balls oh, lambos i like them both and there's an Iso Frankiti. Am I saying that right? It's, so hopefully they'll get an entry. And I think this is something we were talking about. Where the, there are now so many hypercars, or there are going to be so many hypercars. So we had 16 this year. So potentially we're going to have another um, another six, maybe. Uh, so say at least. So we're, not, we're knocking on for half the field. We're going to be in hypercar. I not to not to be not to be glass half empty because I think this is indeed a sort of golden age of sports car racing, but I sort of see parallels with Group B, where Group B regulations changed and we had the, you know the Quattro and the Renault Five, which were kind of in the in the stocks beforehand anyway, and then we got the Two Five and all the other you know, great wonderful cars that everybody has very fond memories of in Group B, and although Group B got cancelled artificially, but it kind of died out, you know, because of not if when you bring manufacturers into motorsport, they have to win, and when they don't win, somebody on the board goes, "Why the hell are we spending millions of pounds of money to make other people look good?" So unless racing is in your blood and um, it's not in a lot of these people's blood, then I can't see that being sustained. So I think the next couple of years are going to be the peak point of having all of these these cars and teams entered. So it's a good thing. So let's look forward to that. Can you just hit me with the name of that one again? Because 
Iso, I'm going to say it wrong because it's Italian. Iso Franchitti, Iso Fran It's an old. It's like a 1930s brand. Um, so it's not. But did it, uh, so I uh, I have a long love slash lust for what I used to call the Iso Grifo, um, and I maybe have pronounced the Iso bit wrong. Is it the same? Is it heritage wise the same company as that? Because they'll get my vote if they've got that. Because I used to love my little matchbox. Iso Grifo, as I called it. Pa pass, pass. They they were something to do with bizzarinis or whatever. They're bizzarinis. Um, I don't. It's bizzarinis. Uh, I don't. Who knows? And I think that's. I'm not an expert on old Italian. And I think there's a lot of people worked somewhere and then went to work somewhere else. And so. Um, okay. Oh, and it almost certainly isn't. If if its heritage is vaguely from that company then it's almost certainly that trademark that brand has changed hands multiple times down and is probably in the hands of some billionaire now who's going to play it <laughs> which uh doff my hat go for it i i'm immediately i haven't seen the car i'm a fan i just love the name <laughs> or or the heritage of the name i keep saying heritage the um the idea of iso iso pizzerini or whatever it was I promise to do some research and find out what all of these things are. I will read some of them. <laughs> oh, but you'll spoil it, Scott. No, do research and you spoil it all. Spoil it. Okay. All right. I want that. Okay. I'll just yeah, I, watch. I will, after this recording, go and have a look for that because I was interested. I liked the Glickenhaus and I like the Van Wall, and now I like the idea of an ESO. Now, normally you would be talking about a slot car and you say, I like that. And then I go, No, you buy one. But I won't be buying one. But I won't At be buying one. At the minute, it. I think. Gale Auto are doing certainly the Porsche and the Peugeot, and I think the BMW. Nine six three. Um, yes. And are they not planning the Cadillac? Which must please our two American listeners because the the Yanks did did well, didn't they? The Corvette finally won, and the Caddy was third and fourth. I, they must be delighted. The Corvette did a bit. I've been talking about balance of performance. How did the Corvette come from dead last in GTE yeah. <laughs> to win? That was quite <laughs> that was amazing. Quite a thing. And I, I, I saw a friend of the show, uh, Michael Fassbinder, um, <gasps> bent it against yeah. the barrier. Um, yeah, slightly. Hmm. I think that would have buffed out if he <laughs> if they'd have uh, only got it back. If they'd only got it back. Out. Yeah. Um, so I look forward. The next series of uh, Road to Le Mans is going to end end in a end in a bang. Yeah, but the they lasted a while, so I think they've got a couple of episodes in uh, in the Le Mans weekend weekend. I think they've got a couple of episodes. In I I well yeah, I was disappointed to see it. I I think as I say, I was dipping in and out. I dipped in, saw that they were still running, was excited. I posted something on Slot Forum. Other websites or other forums are available. They're just not as pretty. Uh, and um, well, it's pretty. And lo and behold, I think in the intervening period when I next dipped in, he'd crashed it. <laughs> Idiot. Right. I found it. It's Isota Franchitti. Isota. So two words. Isoto Francini. 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 How are you spelling the I don't know how you pronounce Isoto, it. but. I S O T T A F R A S C that's such H a visual thing for a podcast well done um okay but the the logo their badge is a red square with two giant letters in it i and f if if only <laughs> oh, <laughs> so if mm. so the 
founded in 1900, apparently. Yeah, there no, that's just the original company. That's not the people now, I would say. Anyhow, um, I, well, I won't be buying the Scalotto. I won't be buying the Scalotto because, well, the first one's the 963, and I didn't like the 963. It looked too too LMP to me, my liking. I, my stomach's just rumbled. I'm pretty sure my mic won't pick that up. I should have just, as a professional, talked over it, but I didn't. Um, I, I like the Hertz livery one. That was at Bicester Heritage a while ago, and it, um, it did look quite pretty. But I won't buy it because mm-hmm. it looks too much like an LMP, and I don't like that. If, and I don't think it's going to happen, somebody did the Ferrari, I would buy that. And if somebody other than a 3D printer... Um, living in the past with their 3D print technology were to make one. Um, I would, but if it's only going to be 3D printing, I'm not buying into that old school stuff. Just not going to do it. <laughs> and I'd buy a van wall, obviously, and I'd probably call it a BRM. <laughs> Just paint the nose orange, yeah. and it probably yeah. is. Um, no, that's it. Well, yeah, I... I'll be interested to see who I think Skilotto are doing. SRC, I think they've said they're going to make them. And somebody um, said uh, on slotforum.com, other forums are available. I won't tell you how good or bad they are. Somebody said that the SRC, and you have one of those, has been slotified. And you ought to know how it's been slotified because I assume you've sat on the wing of a the real one or leant against it and broken a bit off or something. You're, you've really lost me now. I, I've got an SRC Toyota LMP1 model. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Not oh, that's not a hypercar. Even... Um, but that one apparently was slotified a bit. Oh, do you mean the wheel you know? modified for slot purposes as opposed to scale Excuse accuracy? me, this is the 25th episode. And have I just discovered you're not familiar with the term slotification? It's what the artisanal uh, <laughs> or, Italians do all the time, or ninkode, ninkode. Um I think, I think that yes, they're definitely lower and wider, and not quite. They're not. They're not fully accurate scale but models. Hideously so, that way, but they're. they're yeah, I mean, oh. it, it depends how you. How, well, no, it depends. You know, does it look? Does it look like what it's meant to look like? Yes. Is it a bit lower and wider than it would be? Probably. Oh. Um, uh, but it doesn't matter. These are if people are racing them, and that seems to be what they want. Which is a long-winded way, or I can say a short-winded way. I say if uh, our friends down in Margate over in or over in Austria, i.e., Skeletric or Carrera, who of late are certainly more interested in making scale representations which run on a slot, I would probably be interested in buying super hypercars made by them. Not least because they yeah. would be a lot cheaper because I'm not racing them. So, yeah, you know, that would, I think if they were to anyway, do that, well, I personally believe they would find a market for them. They would expand their market just a tad at. Um, because I think, I mean, if I'm wavering, am I representative of the masses? Mm. I like to think I'm a people's person, but I'm mm. not sure. Um, but I'm on the cusp of. I've got some bad news for you there. <laughs> You're not going to vote Pedro. Oh, outrageous. Um, I've got a T-shirt and everything. I um, I have to come round to slowly and painfully and dragged it out a bit, but I have come round to hypercars and I would... I'm slightly nervous of the fact that they're going to be angle winder bullets. And I guess they probably ought to be because they're fast cars, but... Um, yeah, I would. I think I could quite comfortably buy a 
I've said it already, Glicken House of Ferrari. I'd even buy that Peugeot because I think it's it's novel in the way it's so different. Ditto the Ferrari's rear wing. I think it's novel. It also makes me think the Ferrari, tell me it doesn't uh, do this to you, makes me think of a high wing 962 or 956, whatever it was. No, it doesn't. The high wing variants. <laughs> it really? No. no. Oh, really? No. <laughs> No way! I don't. I don't. I could. I could tell you yes. Just could to you? Keep you happy. Really? Uh, wait, no, 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 not really. Oh, just to me. Every time I saw it, I thought, "Yeah, oh, wow, that's like a modern Porsche 962." I see what you. I see what you mean, but no, it hadn't. It hadn't dawned on me. Uh, speaking of things that hadn't dawned on me, I got to about twenty-three hours in, listening to the Radio Le Mans commentary. As I who did, was that? So. Who was that? Not the Northern local, who was the Geordie. Well, yeah, there's a usual cast of characters right. doing it, but and they had, as they normally do, it's sponsored, um, and they had the pit lane report sponsored, and they have the weather mm. sponsored a lot. So over the 24 hours, of course, you start to hear the same. You know, this is it sponsored by, but the pit lane stuff was sponsored by a company, uh, and it was slightly irritating because I heard it so much, which was called CrowdStrike. So it said the CrowdStrike pit report. Oh, yeah. We're going to the CrowdStrike this, CrowdStrike that, and it wasn't until I say 23 hours in, I read a tweet saying. Someone saying, I've been a little bit uncomfortable all listening to that, given what happened in 1955. <laughs> oh, hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> and for those who don't know what happened in 1955, there was a huge accident and a car went off into the crowd. A Mercedes. Uh, and uh, killed lots of them. Mm. A Mercedes, yeah. And um, so it was, uh, and thereafter, I thought, hmm. I wonder if that dawned on the guy. Probably didn't. You know, it's just you're but one of those things which until did, someone points it out, you don't see can it. Can I but anyway, just point out there was a car sponsored by CrowdStrike in the race, Scott? Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't think you did. No. <laughs> They're big in our uh, um, um, IMSA and things over in the Americas. The two Americans that listen to this will, will tell you all about it. CrowdStrike are big over there. Well, it brought... Well, it pro- in 20-odd years ago, when I was founding the <clears throat> social media team at Toyota UK, we went to America because we thought they would have <clears throat> they'd have it sorted, you know, the, the big book of how to do it. <clears throat> so we got a trip to California to find oh, out. You had to go to California. You couldn't just, just write to them. <laughs> you had, had to go. To, no, no, we hmm. had to go. Um, but they, one of the dealers uh, was spending a lot of money, even then, on a company called Digital Airstrike, um, which was a a customer targeting, you know, they were analysing people and saying these people with, are in the market. So I understood where it came from, but it was a you know, typically aggressive sort of, uh, I think when you start using war terminology for marketing activities, it was one of those things I used to fight about. I used to hate when we talked about conquesting customers. And I'd say, there are only really two normal uses of the word <laughs> conquest, and ni- neither of them are good for the people You'll involved. S- so I Subjugate think, these people <laughs> into buying a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it was a uh, yeah it's unfortunate the way these things the one as an and of course as an engineer the one that bugged me for 30 odd years of my entire working life was people using the term momentum to describe uh sales numbers going up uh and i gave up i had to silently just <laughs> scream in my head saying it doesn't it doesn't have velocity and it doesn't have mass so it can't be momentum <laughs> oh, that's all right <laughs> no, i get very picky yeah. i don't I get very picky with grammar and uh, typos, and uh, and then and I then completely abuse uh, the English language and words like library. There you go, people. Twenty four minutes oh, in, he's sneaked in a library. Did you? Oh, but no, talking you go, of li- you go. Don't you go. 
I was going to say, talking of livery and sponsorship, one of the things which I bemuses me about modern sports car racing, um, not just the hypercars, but also the particularly the GTs, these are expensive things. Racing is expensive. You know, a world championship is a very expensive thing to do. There are almost no well-known brands. These cars are not sponsored by anybody. So, okay, I can understand why Porsche will pay for their own cars and Ferrari will pay for their own cars and, you know, they've got minor trade sponsors, such a thing. But who's paying for all these GTE, GT3, Ferraris and Porsches and Aston Martins? It's all companies I've never heard of. Now, maybe I'm just not in the market for what they sell, but it does seem odd to me. Um, <clears throat> I've never given it any thought. I did uh, the, the one thought that I had about the 963 was I didn't like the the works liveries at all. I thought they were uh, they were supposed to be a, a salute to every past Porsche winner, and I just thought eh, they look busy and near. Nah. Um, your point about costs. Uh, this is how sad I am. I went and looked up how much it is to buy a Glickenhaus hypercar. <laughs> how much do you think? I, don't know I was much. quite surprised actually how little so to buy a race to buy a race yeah car, it says one of those on cars. their website it says uh you can buy this car and go racing in the hypercar class so i took them at their word i believe it's a race car a uh, quarter of a million quid what quarter of a million for a hypercar hmm. two hundred and fifty thousand pounds yes bloody hell right no two two well, million and i, I thought, thought you, two I million thought... was cheap Oh, right. I thought you were posing me the question. So. Well, I was posing you a question, um, wasn't I? Anyway, £2 million pounds for a hypercar. I think that's quite cheap. <laughs> I've got some <laughs> shit to say. <laughs> well, it seems quite cheap. I don't know. But I just all, thought those things would be the £10 million. Car makers are going, that bloke says he'll buy a van <laughs> He's willing to pay this for it. Yeah. Um, well, I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought know. it I was. Don't know. I don't know. It's a long, uh, it's a long time since I was involved in building a racing car. But anyway, um, yeah. did you did you listen to the podium stuff? I liked it. The Americans, and I hope those two over there aren't going to crow uh, hideously because I was quite well, down they... on the Amer. I was quite down on the Hendrix thing, and I thought it would go bang. Off. Really? Oh yeah, I just. Uh, uh, I, I actually, fantastic. I warmed to it a lot seeing them jump through the window, <laughs> Daisy Duke style. I thought it was quite amusing. And the old jack that they used, and I actually warmed to it, but I did expect it to go pop, and it didn't. And although there's something deeply suspicious about that Corvette speed, I loved the. There was an interview on the podium. One of the drivers, God knows who he was, but he's just like, yeah, oh, yeah I am. I'm, I'm a Corvette dealer, and I just thought it's it's almost like he was an ordinary You're Joe. A couple of am I? Oh, that wasn't so. That it, wouldn't surprise oh, me in the least. Well, are you? Were you originally talking about the? So you're talking about the. Gary's fifty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hendrix, a NASCAR. Yeah. No, the guy you the guy you saw being interviewed on the was podium, a Corvette. Uh, was the Corvette yeah. driver, yeah. and uh, and a not, dealer, not this, uh, Corvette dealer. He's a dealer. So yeah. He's going to sell a few. Uh, to well, I, I suspect when he says I'm a dealer, uh, he's probably got you know franchises, the franchise for Florida Plural. or something. Yeah. So and he, yeah, he'll be. Uh, and I thought the caddies did well. I um, I ended up hmm? uh, bizarrely. Uh, thinking, uh, well done, <laughs> in a patronising way. I thought, oh, well done. <laughs> Jolly yes, good Jolly show. Good well show. done. <laughs> Sticky wicket. It did rather well. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's lots of stuff to unpick on it. But uh, anyway, let's let's mo- move on from Le Mans. 
Um, and the highlight of my week before of the before the race, and you might think that was dominating my life, what with me watching old videos and reading books and stuff, which I was. Um, I spent a very pleasant afternoon out in the slot shed uh, because I had a friend come round and uh, we basically played with toy cars for about seven hours, um, and chatted away, put the world to rights, all that usual thing that blokes do when blokes come together. But as I've said, and we've said before, one of the things we wanted to do on this podcast, which even we struggle to, to fit in, is just to kind of reflect the reality, which, or the reality I believe, not just I have, which is most people don't go club racing. Most people enjoy their cars at home on their own or maybe with mates. And just the sheer joy of having some cars on the track, driving around, put a different one on, what's that like, fiddle about a little bit. Um, and that was it was that that afternoon really encapsulated that because he brought some cars with him and I think we ran a few of them and talked about it. And I said, well, you know, let me get out some of the things that the oddball stuff uh, that you know, he would because he's a bit of a racer. He's also a collector. But um, so things like the quad bike, the power slot quad bike, which I don't think he'd ever seen before, which is a lovely little thing. It's a nice little model. One of the favorite things I've got is the, the rider who is well modeled has a helmet obviously but his goggles are, are are it's not just like a flat visor they've actually modeled little clear goggles that fit in there um and it's got a drop arm guide is this a spirit and the mag sorry was that a... no it's a power, a power slot and the magnet is in the end it's by the guide so basically it's not really affecting the how the the cord handles it's just making sure that the guide stays in the slot um, so I think he's going to go away in eBay for one of those. And, of course, the ult- the ultimate in kind of quirky slot cars, once you go beyond Batmobiles and Starsky and Hutch, uh, is the Lunar Rover. So we dug out the Lunar Rover and uh, gave it a few laps, which ever since I've owned it, that's what's happened. It comes out, it goes on the track, it does three or four laps, and then it goes away again. <laughs> um, and in its way, it's kind of like my, this is why I was, you know, the, the, the Goodwood Festival of Speed sort of thing, where people go along and there's lots of these cars and they all run for a minute. You know, we look at them and they go away again. Well, that's kind of what I do in the slot shed. I just get the cars out and run them. So old Skeletrix car or old Ninko car, old Fly cars, all this sort of stuff. Uh, and it's just trying to reflect and talk about that that happiness and that joy of doing that. It's not all about straightening the axles and truing the tires or shaving the chassis. Sorry, you can tell I'm getting well, I'm getting passionate about playing with toy I cars. appreciate your passion, Scott. I do. And it was clear for me and the two two Americans, one Canadian, one Swedish guy, uh forget the rest. Um but you're wrong. <laughs> I mean all right, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, huh? <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it, Pedro. <laughs> right. You get enjoyment from just getting a car out and doing a couple of laps and then putting it away and getting another one out. And that's just that's just not what it's about. I doff my cap. It, I, I, it sounds fun. I have to ha- ask. I was being facetious, by the way. Um, I know it's hard to tell sometimes with me. Sometimes. Uh, I need to know. I need to know. Two things okay. about the right. Moon Rover. Was it called a Moon Rover? A Lunar Rover. Lunar Rover. L- L- the Lunar Lunar Rover. One. Does the antenna spin round as it drives? No, it's not a comedy vehicle. That's <laughs> a faithful reproduction. That's disappointing. <laughs> no, it, no, it doesn't spin round. That round, is no. very disappointing. And two, how much did you pay for this Lunar 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 Rover <laughs> <The> that <laughs> doesn't have a spinning antenna? 
Well, I can't remember. Were they 200 quid was going to be my next question, if you said I can't remember. Um, no, I wouldn't have paid that for it way back then. I wondered. I thought, yeah. mm, you might shop at Waitrose, but do you pay that much for <laughs> a toy car? Uh, I think, and I can't even, I, I mean, it's one of the things. It I, must have been a ton. Maybe close to it. I can't even, I don't think I would even have done that. And that must be. I remember when it. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. No, it's going to say, I thought, and my memory of it, as I say, it comes out once every three or four years or something. Um, in my mind, it was it was made by somebody like Cartrix or whatever. And actually, there's, doesn't say, it doesn't, there's no recognisable brand on the box. Wow. Um, so uh, I don't know who, who made it or indeed why, but <laughs> or indeed I'm, glad, why. I'm, glad they, I'm glad they did. And so, it must yeah. be, it must be 10 years old. Oh, easily. easily. Yeah, and the easily. tires are all right. Because um, what I was going to say to you, if you only get it out every couple of years, you should just, be rotating it doesn't your tire. Go fast. No, no, but um, <laughs> the way that some tire brands just dissolve, I would be tempted to just rotate the tires every now and then to get whatever weeps out of them running through all the atoms, as it were. Yeah. Um, I think because it's sufficiently old, it, the tires, like my old SCX or my old Ninko cars, the tires are fine. Uh, you may have heard me. Yeah, you may have heard me t typing away there. The internet tells me because it would be bad radio if I spent five minutes going out to the slot shed to find it. Can I just guess? Can I just guess? I'm going to guess it actually was power slot, same people as the quad. It says it was re Repro Space by Cat Mark. Never heard of them. Uh, neither of those things. Uh, and presently, according to Google uh, buying search, you could purchase one for prices that range between $39.99 and uh, £130. I don't believe that for a minute. I'm guessing. I would think I'm minimum guess, 100 I'm guessing the $39.99 one doesn't yeah, work. But, minimum uh, £100 pounds so, for a working yeah. model. Uh, it doesn't. I have. I guess. I don't know where. But I must have bought it 10 12 years ago, maybe Easily, more. Easily, I would have thought, yeah. Um, God, I think I was still married uh, when that was out. Yeah, so, <laughs> sorry, I didn't want to bring back the trauma. Um, it's all right, I'm over it now. I was, I was a space, I'm a space nut, and um, so I was, as soon as it came out, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm having how much, the Venn diagrams of How much of a space nut are you? Oh, well, that's, that's a good question. I like spacey things. Why? I just want—I grew up in the space age. I know. You when and I was both. a kid, men were orbiting and landing yeah. on the moon and doing all sorts of exciting so things. So one of my, um, I quite frequently sit down to have my lunch and watch a bit of YouTube. And one of the channels that I have subscribed to is uh, uh, <laughs> a name I've forgotten, <laughs> but it is, it is presented <laughs> by uh, a cracking individual called Scott Manley. And he is Scottish like yourself, and his name is Scott Manley. And you just know that you're getting facts from Scott Manley about spaceships, and that's bloody marvellous, I say. Sorry, that <laughs> wasn't Sean Connery angry. <laughs> that was Scott Manley. I, uh, Scott, uh, yeah, I, even I, I'm Scottish and I can't do that. Accent, <laughs> so that says something. Uh, but he's bloody marvellous. I love the he explains stuff to idiots, me quite well uh, and there's another one I, who gets really excited if his name I've forgotten about everything that um, SpaceX do and I do as well my kids are sick to death of me making them sit and they're not kids anymore they're young adults making them sit and watch another booster rocket land vertically Thunderbird styly on a boat in the middle of the ocean blows my mind it is 
It is witchcraft, it is. that's for sure. It is definitely witchcraft. Anyhow, slot cars. Um, well, you, slot cars, yeah. yeah. I've got a problem. You were down your shed. I've got a problem with my um, Oxford Centre for Technical Excellence and Technical Speed or whatever I call it. Uh, the power's gone. I can't I can't oh, do no. any spraying, I can't do any truing, I can't do any anything that requires electricity down in my shed at the moment, which is a bit disappointing. So I was lining up to do a lot of spraying this week and now I can't. Okay, I don't want to cast any sort of aspersions to your character, but you know, on the basis that you still owe Simon from Hornbury three quid. No, I tried to pay him. The... I tried to pay him and paid... he declined. We mentioned this in a podcast. Oh, right. not... He's mean. such a scholar and a gem, I, I, he wouldn't take the three quid. He said, put it in a charity box, and I had them. Good. Oh, well, in which case, because that spoils the joke, because I was going to say, is it just you've not paid the bill? You see, but that might... Anyway. Well, the mere fact that I'm talking to you on an electrically powered computer... It doesn't stand up to much scrutiny. Okay. I think what's happened okay. is a rat. I haven't had much. Sleep. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I fear a rat has eaten a bit of cable or something. But surely, if a rat or a mouse eats a bit of cable, doesn't it get electrocuted and then burn? Uh, possibly. I, I need Scott Manley to okay. explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Could this be one of your rivals at the <sighs> Oxford Slot Car Club who feared that you were getting too close? And that your tuning technique sabotage. I am going to say this. They trained a squadron of suicide rats. I know. (laughs) They hurl themselves at my cabling. Um, I know we don't have a solicitor, but I have to say this because it amuses me. And I do believe uh, John listens to the podcast, even though he's not one of the two Americans. Um, But we raced sideways GT3s at uh, Oxford last time out last week and they were a deep joy it's the first time we've raced them as a class and i was thoroughly entertained even though i wasn't thoroughly fast but one of my cars was much faster than that john underwoods and i do like it when he screams out <laughs> as i blitz i didn't blitz past him but i pull away slightly slowly um he went he, he called out 25k motor <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, there's seventeen hundred, but I he reckoned I was pulling away like I had a twenty five K motor. Um I didn't. But it amuses me. Okay. And, and he beat me anyway, so I small small victories I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> well that's winding fair enough. people that's up. Fair Winding up your own motors. I I think the growing circumstantial evidence for trained rats sabotaging your tuning is clear. Yeah. The the evidence exists. I've is that John Underwood? Such. <laughs> <laughs> should paint him as some you know, Machiavellian slot slot villain <laughs> in the corner. Um, speaking of tuning, um, again, other friend of the show, Slaughter Dave Slaughter. Hello, Hello Dave. Dave. Um, Have a cup of coffee on we, us. I watched his. Yeah, no God, that he needs a coffee sponsor <laughs> very quickly. Um, the um. He's done a sort of review how to do it, use it video of Rob's uh, tire true thing, this the Swift sixteen tire truer, um, and I found myself perilously close to ordering <gasps> one. Oh, you are on the slope, aren't you? Well, I I spend a lot of time. Well, I don't spend a lot of time. So the when the old cars or the actually the modern cars with the tires that are going off, um, my 
tuning. I don't know whether you can call it that, even at the outmost reaches of the envelope of the word tuning, involves a bit of sandpaper under the tyres and holding the throttle down for a few seconds before they do a lap. tuning. Um, just to rough up the tyres and give them a little bit more, uh, a little bit more. That grip. is tuning. Um, so. So the bottom of my slot shed is going to be over time. It's going to be lined with you know millions of little bits of black uh, marbles. But um, but the benefit of the way I do it is, of course, you don't have to dismantle the car. You just oh. whereas even on the Swift sixteen, which I mean, you know, we report we saw it at Gaiden, didn't we? Um, you got to take the wheels off, or not the wheels off. You got to take the axle out and do it. So, but anyway. It may be a slow burn if I had a birthday coming up or something, but you know, we'll see. The way you said the tone in your voice, then when you said, But you've got to take the wheels off, like that was an anathema to you. <laughs> you couldn't understand the concept of taking the wheels off a car where the wheels are very clearly made to be taken off. Well, yes, and no, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Some of them if, aren't. If you take... <laughs> so, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, let's take for example a Skeletric, uh historic classic formula one car you know you try getting the rear axle out of one of those without you know destroying the model really i don't i'm not familiar with the beast but no. um oh yeah i mean you know, they're not i've taken this is this is a measure of it in order to get the magnet out of them uh, i've now realized that i don't take them apart because trying to put them back together again is almost impossible i now prize them open sufficiently <laughs> That I can pop the magnet out and then use tweezers to fish it out from what inside. Kind of, surely, uh, I'm thinking of a different era um, because I'm thinking of well, the 60s and 70s. So the the lotuses and they and have the, magnets. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah. Didn't know that. I thought we. That's uh, because go go on you. We're doing this a lot. No, they've got the each other. they've got the Looney Tunes thin motor which revs to whatever because um, it fits because it's the right. You know the magnet. They were the motor they originally developed for the motorbikes. Yeah, no. That was another thing we got out last Wednesday. Was the the Skeletrics. Oh my God! Uh, you own motorbikes. Skeletrics motorbikes. Two. Right, we stop the recording here. I'm not having anything more to do with you. <laughs> you bought MotoGP bikes. Yeah. Oh. Um, why didn't you? I'm disappointed. I am very disappointed. When, Two things when, that disappointed me here. I need to refer back uh, to you and your um, your tuning technique, where you use the engine that is the motor that is in the car. You do, you don't take the wheels off, so you're using the transmission, you're using the motor, and you're putting all that grief through the lot of it. You're not treating it like yes. a proper racing car, Scott. You're not treating it. You're not taking it seriously. That's because it's that's because it's a toy car. <gasps> I know this is a stone sport. him, stone the heretic. It's a toy car. <laughs> it's made of a cheap electric motor with some and some plastic, yeah, and a possibly straight axle. I'm going to have to reassess my life now that you've uh, <laughs> you've broken that news to me. No, no, no. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you can't take toy cars seriously, but you know, it is a toy car. Anyway. Mm. Uh, no, I admit I'm basically lazy. That's I mean, fundamentally, my tuning is dictated by my laziness. You know, do I? So that's, I don't. Be, I don't. Uh, tuning, uh, tuning. Tuning is the wrong word. No, know. I think that it's tuning. It's a form of tuning. It's weird and it's wrong, but it's a form of tuning. <laughs> and um, you're not a clubber, um, so you're not driven by the need, the need for speed. Um, 
I'm pretending I'm post Ibiza now. You've said I'm not. <laughs> and um, uh, thrown me. I suddenly, yeah, no, don't go there. Um, <clears throat> so keep talking because I'm using the opportunity of you talking to eat some salted pretzels. I was going so to point out to, to you, about. or try and point out to you in a bit that I might edit out and just say uh, at, le- at least <laughs> twenty minutes ago, I was going to say, Scott, are you aware you're eating pretzels whilst trying to record a podcast? Have some professionalism, mm. man. But then I thought, no, I'll just, no, I'll, I'll just edit out the crunching. Can you hear me crunching? No. No, you can't. Okay, so I'll just so, edit um, in some crunching. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's all part of the chilled, laid-back, post-lack-of-sleep weekend <laughs> vibe. Pretzels. They don't look like pretzels. They're um, from a well-known German supermarket chain, um, other well-known and there's like salted pretzels, but they're in a straight Well, line. surely. Now, hang on. We're going to have to have issue with that. That's that's a twiglet, but without the marmite on it. That's not a pretzel because uh, it's not in a, in a knot. I, well, it's just a straight pretzel. Mm. And, you know, pretzels can be anything. <laughs> jolly good. Very. Where were you going? They're very Moorish. Where were you going? They're very Moorish. Let's, you don't no. want to know. They're very Shall we get this back to slot cars? I can't remember what we were saying. Um mm. You were going to talk about something and I was going to eat, but then you stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and then completely forgot about what I was going to talk about. I know what I was going to talk about. Say it with me. Transits. Don't say, don't say tranny or we'll get uh, banned. But anyway, transit. Those, those lads up in uh, Lancashire, they've released a new resin <laughs> kit. And I can put that on your credit card for you. Um, Ford. <laughs> Ford. Uh, transits. Mm-hmm. And proper ones, proper, are they sliding door transits? A la, um, what's that film based in the Lake District? Oh, God. (laughs) With nail and eye. um, Proper with nail and eye style, I believe. I'm probably wrong. Transit, police transit. You know, I've never seen. I've never seen. Have you never seen with nail and eye? Oh, fantastic film. It was only last week that I got to watch. um, Chichi Bang Bang. (laughs) Sound no, of music. I love Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> I love that. Bo Derek and Ten. Oh, story. we're off on Bo Derek again. No, 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 no. Um, I, you made me forget that. Oh, the, the Big Lebowski. Oh, I, I hadn't seen the Big Lebowski since. You know what? Since it's only week. a few years since I first watched that because I got sick of people referencing it <laughs> and not knowing what they were talking about. I thought it was okay, but I didn't really get the, as is often the case with things which are kind of you know, mega cultural touch points uh, if you don't watch them at the time you go uh, oh no i think it's 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 quite a good film i like that one anyhow four trains Ooh. it's are now available and i was slightly rocked at the price of a pendle for trains it's did you know did you spot how much I'm, sit- I'm sitting down and i'm eating and pretzels. you can tell it's safe to tell me. I, won't, I won't put one in my mouth you can see. <laughs> is, is this uh, is this for a built one or an un? No, they're only kits. They're only kits, right? Okay. I I'm going to get my facts wrong here, so uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> two million. <laughs> we will get a slitter's cease and desist order from Sean's <laughs> Sean's solicitors. From Lancashire. I think they were a hundred pounds. That's for the full full enchilada, the the kit, the underpinnings, the works, which strikes me that as doesn't a, seem too. Uh, in a neat mirror of her previous conversation. Are we, are we now going to... Look at how Really? I don't think that's... Is that Well, what's a white kit from Slotted? Uh, from, um, well, Slotted or Sideways. Sideways. I've just paid... I have just paid... Um, what have I just paid? I think I just paid... 
I'm going to say I just paid one more time for uh, you know, dramatic effect. I have just paid something like 50 quid for a white kit out of that um, Europe place on the continent line, which I thought was quite cheap. And that's and that's a mass-produced mm. thing that they've just not bothered to pay. I'd say what I have um, noticed, um, and I may be right or I may be wrong, obviously, but there's a song slotted, <laughs> slotted white kits are quite cheap at the moment, or there seem to be some of them, some of the older ones. I also just picked up, because I've got bugger all else to do other than buy white kits, obviously, and it's not like I complete the buggers. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me. I, I do know what possessed me. I did. But... I saw a photograph of you painting some of them, so that's a Yeah, start. well, yeah, but now I've got no power. I was all, uh, my mojo's back for them. I was all set up to do some more, and the power went. Um, yeah, I just, I did spend 44 quid on a Mercedes C-Class slotted. And I thought, I didn't do the sums, but I just thought, I justified it to myself thinking, well, axles, hubs, motor, chassis, that's, I'm saving money or it's not costing me much on the separate bits. And so I get a spare motor, spare chassis. And at some point in the midst of time, I might stick a um, tobacco livery on it because I like the green one and I suspect it might be well for the Mario Brothers get around to that one. Yeah, but, but we've been here before oh. with um, sideways Lexus, haven't we? Whereas you buy the white kit and a set of decals to make the car because you think the manufacturer is going to be a while before they mass produce it. <laughs> and who who usually has the car out ready for? Yeah, right. Oh, that's the other thing I did buy uh, with the with the sideways <laughs> coming over from um, Espanol is a. Um, is the hurricane in direction racing library. But okay. here's the thing. I posted a question on slotforum.com. Uh, Other forums are available. I have oh, nothing yeah. more to oh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, about oh, we wish. Pato's <laughs> decals uh, being, decal. being a bit iffy, because I looked at the set I got, and they are a <gasps> bit iffy. I don't think that's a legally binding description. I hope. Um <laughs> Iffy in the, I think you have to expand on. Well, just leave it there and make it vague. Uh, then the, then Are they the like solicitors... that Italian hypercar maker with a badge. <laughs> if... Anywho, Power I if. got in touch. Uh, first off, I put a post up saying I've always found them to be a bit iffy, and when I say always, the two sets that I've got, I'm a bit disappointed by. Uh, and other people have piled in and said, no, no, they're fine, they're fine. Um, and that Conti Rowland said he'd split postage with me, so that's cool. But I thought I would just check things out. And some of my issues with the decal set are actually embedded in the artwork of the decal. So I emailed Mr. Pato himself uh, and thinking this will go nowhere. I won't possibly even get a reply because if you look at his website, and this could be litigious, um, the website is <laughs> seriously old. I'm ready, I'm, ready, I'm ready to edit you out by snapping a pretzel <laughs> stick at the appropriate moment. I can't I believe know. the website. It's a, it's like stepping back in time to a land that time forgot. I think you need Internet Explorer 4. It's 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 been optimized <laughs> is the phrase for Internet Explorer 4. Anyhow, I messaged him, said, could you do this? Could you do that? And he came back within the blink of an eye and said, yeah, we can do that. So um, they're going up in my estimation for the customer service thing because I do like a bit of customer service, which is why I do like Pendle, um, Sean at Pendle and his lads, and why I do like True Speed Controllers, and neither of these people, and none of these people sponsor us. But, um, so I'm going to try some Patos again, and rather than dip the uh, currently pink Huracan shell that I have in some IPA, ha ha, we have 
you have to watch <laughs> the previous watch you have to listen to the previous episode after you watch have to listen to the previous i'm going to invest in another set of decals for it and persevere and it it won't be finished before the other one arrives the actual sideways one arrives from the continent but there you go so um is pato's a british company no mate, they're australian <clears throat> that's another chance for a night oh, right. right there and that's uh, okay. I, actually in his email he was kind of like that he spoke like that and his voice went you could tell an accent from oh, yeah because uh <laughs> the end of the sentence he put in all caps <coughs> he'd gone up up a little <laughs> I, <see. laughs> I actually going back to lamont <laughs> i was watching it on um discovery plus eurosport and there was an australian i don't know who he was i ought to respect him more because i'm sure he was probably a racing driver but i found he got a bit too i don't like excitable commentators i don't get it you don't tend to get it in other sports why does motor racing attract excitable commentators alex brundle was brilliant i don't normally like alex brundle's commentary and i thought he helped make this le mans for me because he was brilliant he had insight and he was good i don't know if he's had some media training recently or what but i thought he was brilliant and anthony davidson that is more well, I was going to say he's, he probably just has to spend some time with his dad because his dad's yeah. rather good at it. Um, I, 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 I had Radio Lamont, so I find eventually because the Eurosport through Discovery Plus interface is the worst in the world. Tell me about it. I think there was thirty-one channels that all said two thousand and two twenty twenty-three Lamont live, and you had to go into each yep. one of them to find out that most of them were in car. This is great. It's wonderful. You can click in a car. So you've got 24 hours in car. Fantastic. But how difficult is it to just put that in the description? Anyway, I eventually found the ad-free commentary fee, the world, the world feed, basically. So you get trackside sound, the odd interview with Tom Christensen. And um, I have that on, and I had Radio Le Mans playing, because um, they've been in my head for nigh on 40 years, one way or another. And that's the Geordie bloke. I can't tell. Yeah, John Hyde. Yeah. I can't tell you how much it was. It was like someone inventing the wheel, the printing press, and electricity all at once. Pre, pre Radio Le Mans, going to Le Mans was great, but you had no idea <laughs> what was happening, what was going on. <laughs> who anybody was, or nothing at all. Um, so you'd come back and you'd have to wait a week and get Autosport. Then, when the first year there was Radio Le Mans, it was like, my God. So the only and we all learned, we all evolved that our ear holes could stand having little, little speakers in them for the whole. That was your feet used to hurt, and when you pulled this thing out your ear, it was like, ah, yeah, that's what the real world sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you talk, but, uh, talk about yeah. um, sort of vaguely historical things? I sent you that link. I can't remember who the old boy uh, tootling around the Le Mans circuit was, but Tetra, he, he's giving a commentary as he goes around, and he says, "Into Tetra Rouge now, first gear corner." And I just thought. What first gear corner? Did I send it to you? I think I sent it. You're okay. looking puzzled. I think I sent it to you. Um, he's tootling around we talking... before they'd closed the circuit off. And there's there's French people on bicycles, there's French people on the wrong side of the road, and he's hacking along in a jag <laughs> of some description. And um, and then he goes, uh, into Tetra Rouge here, it's first gear corner. I think, what when was it last? A first gear corner, Nine, well, it, used to, it used to be. It used to be quite a tight yeah. corner, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I, in the midst of watching the race, um, I sort of dug out the shoebox that has all my old print photographs in it. 
Uh, and in there are the photographs I took in 83, 90, no, 95. Did that just come across? Did you hear a bading? No. Was it just, oh, right, that's good. Well, so apologies, listeners. I, my computer just went bading to tell me that I had an email. What, what, hang on. Um, what did your computer just do? Ding! I, I do it no justice, I have to say. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> I dug out my old photographs from uh, mid-80s, early 90s, uh, of when I went before. And I'll, I'll put some of them on the on the YouTube film. But the I literally leant, as in sort of elbow high, on a concrete wall, ah. which was about a metre from the armco, which was only two levels high, and then there was the track. Yeah. No, no fencing, nope. no millions of amazing. I mean, I mean, yeah. And I remember taking some panning shots on the inside of the left hander at the S's because I could get that. And I wasn't, you know, I don't have a big, huge zoom lens. I was, you know, anyway. Uh, so I, I think it was the last, uh, not that well, I went with work several times. I think it was about uh, maybe mid or early noughties. Uh, I went as a sort of private punter again. And the facilities are fantastic and it's much better. And I realised I'd just parked myself opposite a big screen, a radio Lamar in my head, and I was watching the race on telly, even though yeah, I was yeah. there. Which, which is why now I'm very happy to sit at home and watch the race on telly, um, and have my own bed and my own. Well, climbing. it made me think I'd like to go again, uh, but it made me think because the last, the, the two times I've been, I haven't had a, a bed. I had to buy a chair when I was there, and I had to sort of hide hide underneath <laughs> one of the tribunes, which I'm sure has since been knocked down. Um, from the rain, uh, so I would have to go with some kind of camper van or some kind of plan. But um... do you know? I'm going to make a suggestion to you towards the, as we get towards we wrap up this chilled Le Mans post Le Mans. Oh, episode. I think I know what's coming. Um, here. Dangerous talk. You should go to Le Mans Classic. Oh, not what I was expecting. Now, I went to the first one, which was very relaxed, but and I, I guess it's a bit more like Goodwood. It's become. A, bit more posh and corporate but of course they run cars from every era um all through the night so it's uh, it's a different sort of experience it's a bit bit more civilized bit less drum and bass in the campsite <laughs> if you know what i mean just before we do wrap up you were mentioning your photographs there was a closing shot on the eurosport um, broadcast that i watched and uh, it was a drone or a helicopter of the dunlop um, bridge so you've gone around the first corner you're heading down the hill and the um and i've been there but the angle the uh perspective that they got with the lens it all mm. looked fabulous and the crowd were everywhere over the whole of the track like in the foreground in the background and i i just thought oh my and then that the racing and that image made me think i should go again i should be part i should be one of these people um sunburnt and tired um, <laughs> I know the shot you meant. I mean, I think it was from a helicopter. Mm. It was a very long, yeah, very long lens. Clearly, deep, 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 deep uh, depth yeah. of field on it, wasn't it? Um, so almost like it was a sort well, of. Well, they'd compressed the, the yeah. image. It was. It was um, I thought that was a quality yeah, image. Was, I thought the coverage was pretty good mm. all round. I've since, since I did absolutely. I think I can't. You cannot fault. Given, I mean, the navigation on the thing is dreadful. I mean, Eurosport. If you're listening, and if not, why not? I'll come and do it for God's sake. <laughs> All it takes is half an hour to just type what these things are. But you had about ten, I don't know, ten, twelve in-car cameras. You had the the commentary feed with the ads. You had the live feed. You had the timing screen. 
And that's just on that. And then you've got radio, you know, eh. The way that you can follow that race now to the nth degree without getting out your living room. I know, but then you don't get the uh, smells and you don't get the vibrations and you don't get the atmosphere. (laughs) Or as the kids say, Scott, you don't get the vibe. And I'm all about the The vibe, vibe. as I think you know. Uh, Well, that's because you're young. That's because I'm I'm (laughs) down with the kids completely. Yes, but we told you not to talk about that. Oh, God, yeah. Right. Solicitors, solicitors again. Shouldn't you? Let's wind this one up, Scott. Wind this one up. Anyway, this has been fun. Thank you for doing this on a uh, um, slightly uh, hazy, hot Monday. The weather was very French, actually. Wasn't yeah. it? it was sort of humid, and um, so that was good. Or it wasn't here, at least. Um, as ever, when we get to this point, we say thank you for listening. Um, we've had some really lovely comments on YouTube video. I said uh, Pedro's waving a finger at me. I don't think it's the admonishment. I think he wants to see well, something. I'm sorry, I've interrupted you. It's just as you were going to be nice and kind to our listeners, which is a <laughs> bit, bit of a mistake. Yes. I would have Enough said. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, and I, oh, God, I should have let you go. I should have let you roll. But we need to point out that we may not be doing anything next week. That's true. Me not. Are we definitely not doing? We might not. We might. We well, might how are we going to do it if talk, you're in the United States of A? Uh, with difficulty, mm. but not impossible. I suppose it isn't, anyway. since we technically, you know, are doing it over to internet now. Oh, yeah. see, the time zone difference. How do you fancy doing it at three in the morning? <laughs> yeah, so we won't be doing one next week, uh, dear listener. <laughs> Okay, so but we will be back talking about like James Bond films. Remember, whatever James Bond film you went to, it always came up with James Bond will be back in. So they knew what the title of the next one was going to be, and this was you know this is very early kind of um, what was it sixties or something seventies. Mm-hmm. And I wonder when I watched the last one where things happen. Spoiler no, alert! That... Oh, he gets. Don't say it. Well, I wanted to, I waited to the end credits just to see what they said, and I think it. I think it does say James Bond. Did it? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe I just imagined it. I don't know. But I thought anyway. So I thought that'll be clever, um, unless they do an origin story. So, are we saying as we wrap this one up that we're going to say Scott and Pedro will be back in, and now we need to give it a title? Uh, I'm trying to think of a suitably Bond-esque mm. title. You know, Death in the Slot, um, Live and Let you know. Slot. Loves the slot. <laughs> the slot that loved me. No, that's wrong. Oh, that's <laughs> no. We've got to stop now. <laughs> I suppose. Anyway, right. Best day of the Done. Should we stop? Especially since I'll since I'll be out the country. And you'll <laughs> the one. <laughs> All right. Yes, we should. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon. Cheerio.